I don't know, man. Everyone cares about The Bachelorette and shit now. Like, I don't know what's important. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com. I'm Mark, your sometimes host, and sitting across from me is Jake. Jake, you're not really sitting across from me. I'm just trying to keep the guise of this whole thing going. Uh, yeah, that's true. Bonjour, or whatever they say in French. Nailed it. Uh, Jake, you're all Thanks. alone this week as yeah. Jack braves a nightmarish hellscape of professional life. Is that that's about right? That's the that's what I got out of my out of the discussion that we had that you also also shared because I didn't get any more information than you did. He did bring me my mic, but I probably sound worse because I'm not in our palatial studio. I'm in my cavernous home. Uh, gonna see how it goes. It'll be a loose one. Whatever. Okay, yeah, we can agree on that. This will be a loose episode, just like the fans love. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, we watched 2019's Climax, which was a Mark pick? Yeah, you say it with the upward inflection as if we had to guess. Gaspar no equals Mark. Yeah, well, I mean... So far, yes, that is true. Uh, however, Jack did talk about Gaspar Noe on last week's podcast, or maybe uh, that was off air. I can't remember. He did. Anyways, right. we'll get into talking about Climax real soon, and when we do, we're going to spoil the nonsense out of it, although I'm not sure. It's more a visual movie than a spoilerific movie, but anyways, yeah. be warned. Kind of like, yeah, agreed. Kind of like when we did uh, Enter the Void. I don't, I don't know if you can really spoil this one. There's one yeah. thing that you can do to spoil it. One thing. And we will probably get to that thing. Oh, we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, if you like what we do around here and want to support the podcast, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash A to Z horror and support the show at your level of choosing. If you can't swing that now, though, no worries. We just appreciate you listening and uh, hanging out with us. We uh, like to have you tune in every week. Before we get into the movie, we got to do the getting drunk part. Uh, so on that score, let's do beers for fears. I said it with a different inflection. That's fun. That's my flavor. I see what you did. That's fun. Yeah. Jake, what are your beers for these fears? I, I'm just going to start by saying that um, I've missed two of these since we started this whole Patreon thing where people actually vote on who lost the Beers for Fears selection and then have to watch a movie. The stakes have never been higher. And I expect nothing different than a Jack Lost due to his absence this week. I'm going to start with that. <laughs> uh, you know what? Our patrons are famous for loving being told what to do. Well, I know. They foam an insurrection and then we have to have one-on-one conversations with them. Um, this is kind of a hard movie to beer. I thought about pulling the trigger on some sangria. I did not. I was hope I was hoping and thinking you probably might. Some fruit punch, something like that. I looked around. Unfortunately, it's hard to find canned mixed drinks in Utah. <laughs> I'm sh- I- I'm not surprised by that at all. I yeah. I did end up finding uh what I think is a good primary beer and a relatively okay secondary beer. My primary beer is by Mother Earth Brewing, which originally from San Diego, but they're now actually trying to move their primary brewery up here to the Boise area. It's called Groove Rider, a hazy IPA. And the interesting thing about this one is that this says right on the can, it's Project X, which is a beer plus art endeavor. And uh, movies don't get much more arty than Gaspar No. So here we go. Uh, My backup beer is a revision. I think I've had it before. Maybe not on the podcast. I have had it before. That was a confusing sentence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's disco ninja. There are some there are some people who would be ninjas in the disco, in this flick. Some real dancers. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, stay tuned for our... Well, I think we're going to do individual dancer ratings. Did you prepare those? Damn, I can do it on the fly. More okay, to come on doing ten. things on the fly in just a moment. Yeah. Uh, that's going to that's gonna be me then? Are you done? Was that all of your beers? Uh, yeah, you know, I got some side beers, but why would I talk about them? Okay. Uh, I got two, just like you. I'm going more of like an inside-outside thing, okay? So this, sure. this movie takes place in a bit of a bunker of sorts, and on the inside you got this it, crazy party thing, and on the cool. outside you got this ridiculous blizzard happening. Okay. So I'm drinking for the inside. I'm drinking an Elysian Dayglow IPA, which has a tiger that has lasers shooting out of its eyes. It's all neon can and clearly drug-inspired. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Okay. <laughs> on the outside, I got uh, the Alaskan Husky IPA, which has a dog running through a snowy field. Uh, so, you know, every setting basically accounted for between these two beers. Wow. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't really care what Jack would have drunk this week because we did better than we we would have done better than he did anyway. Just whatever in the poll, just say uh, probably Rainier. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, I can do that. He would probably be like, you know, I'm drinking a Rainier because uh, you don't know this didn't happen on Rainier. You sound just like him. I was a perfect. Jack when we make person. him edit this podcast, he's going to be astounded. Yeah, he's going to thought that he called in and forgot about it, which actually probably... That might happen. Yeah, <laughs> from his perspective, that seems probably equally possible that he called in and forgot about it as much as he just didn't call in. Anyways, let's get out of here. Call in. Yeah, we have one of those things, right? He, we have a switchboard? Yeah, 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 he's calling in. Yeah, let's keep this thing moving. Um, It's been a few weeks. We did HRR last week, and uh, I think we had all had a super busy week the week before that. Maybe didn't let ourselves fully like lean into it. So uh, we're gonna get into what's been rocking our horror worlds. Jake, hey Mark, I'm the other guy. Thanks for the baton pass. Um, so I'm gonna just come right out with it. When we had to do some schedule finagling the other week, the other week it was like four days ago, and we decided to pull the trigger on Climax. In part, that was because I had watched it uh, as a movie that I just sort of watched. I completely forgot that you had picked this movie, Mercy Street. <laughs> uh, uh, that's so is gonna... that the only one you're bringing to the table. No, 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 no. You're no, bringing no, it's the not. one that we're reviewing already. It's not, but I okay. would like to just clarify when we said that this is going to be a loose one. I I don't typically take as profound notes when i'm just watching a movie i like to sit back and enjoy a horror movie every once in a while and not have to take copious notes on it uh that's the case for climax yet we're giving it the full treatment so it's going to be a weird one and there's only two of us it's a whole thing i'm going to get through it just let me drink some beer i watched two others first of which you watched mark i got really excited went to it rented it watched it field guide to evil Mm -hmm. i did not enjoy it as much as you Oh, um, I don't know why. I had a really hard time sticking with this one. Uh, you know, you mentioned, I, I can't remember exactly what you said about the frame narrative or lack thereof. It's just kind of your st- simple, like, here's a book, turn the page. I mean, yeah, I said lack thereof. Introduce, yeah. I, I feel like, it, I don't know what I was expecting, but whenever I see an anthology that has that frame narrative or lack thereof, it's really just uninspiring to me. I don't penalize it too much, but it definitely hurts my immersion, and a lot of these didn't do a whole lot for me. I guess if you had to ask me what the most memorable one was, it would be that weird, like, silent film, but that's also because it was the last one. Yeah, Gobbler's Lot from Hungary. This, this, was, a, this was a weird one. This, this, this movie was a weird one for me. It opened with a lot of, like, nipples and goats, and then it ended with a really artsy thing, so... 
in between there were some okay ones. Well, I guess I guess the one from India was okay. That was my favorite. Um, um yeah, that's the one with the traveling circus or whatever, right? The Palace of Horrors. Correct. Yeah, it's kind of done through the lens of imperialism. So it's even though it's from India, it's British. But uh, yeah. I this is okay. It's free, so I would definitely not say steer clear of this. If you if you like anthologies, definitely go give it a watch. But it's not going to be like up there in terms of recent anthologies that I've seen. That's for sure. It certainly brings some variety to the table, uh, which you don't always get in these. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lukewarm, lukewarm on that one. The other one that I saw, uh, this one, I don't know. I, when we were reviewing VHS two, and we were looking at all of the different directors and what they had done, I could not help but kind of go back into the annals of what Eduardo Sanchez had done since the Blair Witch Project it's and annals, the annals of history. <laughs> In 2011, he directed a film called Lovely Molly. I didn't know anything about this movie, but I saw that it was horror, so I watched it. It's uh, it's on Shutter. You can go and get it for free if you're a Shutter subscriber, because that's how those things work. Lovely Molly was interesting. Uh, this okay. is a this is a slow burn haunted house psychological question mark. Right, you don't know if it's a haunting or if it's this person's deteriorating psyche, and. I thought that it did a pretty good job of that. It's also kind of a metaphor for, like, abuse. But the movie itself has a really brooding atmosphere, and the house in which it takes place I thought was a tremendous setting. Uh, another low-budget film that he made, he manages to do a good job of creating atmosphere with. He just... You can see the chops that were on display in the Blair Witch Project in this one for for sure. I don't I don't think that it's a fantastic movie, but I think that it's an interesting one to watch. And there are a couple moments that are relatively harrowing here. Um, so a recommend or I think so. I think so. I the the only thing that gives me some pause is that it's not going to be for everybody. This is definitely a lower budget film. And on top of that, it's just it's it's a slow burn like it burns, but it's slow. So if if you're OK with that and you don't need a mile a minute thrill ride, then I think that you could throw this one on. And if you can invest yourself in it, it's going to give you some definite moments that you're going to remember. Uh, it's one that kind of snuck up on me a little bit. So I think recommend, but, you know, just go into it knowing what you're getting yourself into. And I think you'll have a good time. When you say low budget, is it shot on good cameras or is it shot on like the the whatever old digital camera they were able to rustle out of the basement? No, I think it looks okay. Uh, they okay. do intersperse here some found footage ish, and that's like sold. With an I'm in. That's what, that's like with an asterisk on it oh. though. It's ba- the implementation is that the the main character Molly, um, she she has a camera, and that one looks shitty because it's just like this little. It could be on, you know, micro V micro VHS or whatever. Right. Uh, she like walks around basically just kind of snooping on people for part of the film. So that one uh, you know, doesn't look as good, but it's also your found footage angle. So eh. if there's a reason for it in movie, then I'm fine with it. There is. I don't know that it has much of an explanation, but there is. Oh. They explain okay. why it's happening. Is that good enough? Yes. I don't okay. know. You tell us. It's a tenuous recommend, so I guess that, I would, that answers the question. I, I would say that it's right on the edge of being okay. Okay. There, there you have it. <laughs> You'll love it. Found footage, Mark. Is that all you got? Uh, climax. <laughs> yeah, well, we yes, both watched Climax. Yes, we're going to talk about, We're going to talk more about that later. Oh, I have so many notes. 
Okay. Uh, you are refusing to play this game, so I'm going to throw it to myself. Hey, Mark. Hey, hey, Mark. What did you watch? Okay, thank you. Uh, I watched three movies. I'm also going to be gone next week, so I'm just going to lay them all out here, and you guys can have fun uh, oh, do it. next time, or repacking an episode, which seems equally likely. Hey, man. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, the first one I watched was Free on Hulu. I watched, and I'd never seen this movie before, 1988's classic Child's Play. Have you seen this, the original one? You've never seen the original Child's Play. I had never seen the original Child's Play. We always went to like rent it or whatever from Hollywood Video slash Blockbuster. We've had that conversation before. but <laughs> M&W. Uh, yeah, or M&W. And um, I don't know. We always got to the point where we're, like, we're choosing between this movie and something else, say and Deep Rising or Virus or whatever the hell. And we were like... Why would we watch the one about the killer doll? This is dumb. And every time you pick Deep Rising. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, every or, single time. I mean, every time we picked the other movie, it wasn't Deep Rising every single time. I don't but know. I don't know if I believe that. I, it was I Deep Rising a lot. It was I Congo get, sometimes, too. For sure. For sure it was Congo. I get what you mean. Uh, I have seen this movie, Brad okay. Dourif. Uh, yeah. I don't have overwhelmingly fond memories of it, but it's one of those that I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's been a really long time. Uh, growing up, my parents did that thing where if they had the free HBO trial for a while, they'd do like the super long play VHS and they'd record everything. They'd record things. So you'd have like yeah. these double feature VHS movies. I'm trying to remember what Child's Play was on the same VHS as that would. I want to go back and find those. I guarantee they didn't throw them out. They're in a box somewhere. That'd be mm. a fun. That'd be a fun watch party. That would be. I'm going to try to find those. 20 years yeah. from now when we've garnered like international revelry and fanhood and stuff, we'll, we'll throw on one of That's... your parents' old HBO burned VHS things. Oh, boy. Oh, man. There are some real stinkers. I remember that. Uh, anyway, I'm I've sure seen it. Yeah, I, I watched this movie. What did we say about the loose episode, listeners? Um, so I really shit on this franchise before, and I mean, basically for the, the first half of my life. Uh because it seems such, like such a dumb concept that a doll would be like the main antagonist, like just punt the fucking thing. And what I liked about this one, I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed the first half of it because the first bit is like, it, it's not a slasher. It's like a thriller where Chucky the doll is moving around kind of in the back of scenes, framing this like whatever he's supposed to be, seven-year-old kid yep. for all these murders that are happening. <laughs> He's dressed up like Chucky. He's wearing the same shoes as Chucky. So all of these like witness accounts and like the evidence and stuff at the scenes are all pointing toward this little kid. And then and and that part of the movie was great. I was uh, the first bit of my notes were all like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I dismissed this for so long. This is actually a pretty intelligent and cool franchise." <laughs> and then there's a turn. It's actually not even really a turn, comes but all turn. of a sudden they're just like, "Okay, now Chucky." I mean, yeah, I guess you got to face the music at some point. Mm-hmm. She finds out he he actually is the killer in the doll, yep. uh, and the movie just gets completely fucking dumb from that point on. Um, you the fucking only other bitch. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the only other thing that the movie does right at that point is at the very end, I liked the practical effects they put around the melted doll still like running around. I attacking love that. People, yeah, that's nice. That's good visuals, but I mean. Yeah, once you start leaning into the actual doll antagonist serial killer thing, you you lose me whole cloth. I'm just out. I think, yeah, I think it's one of those classic, like, okay, you build this up as if it's more than what our memory of it is, but then you see why the franchise is what it is, right? It's Yeah, like, I, I am kind of pretty interested to see the remake and see if they do the same thing or if they just go straight to Chucky being Chucky. 
quickly. That would be interesting. I don't know. I kind I don't know. Everyone knows that jigs up, man. Everyone knows what the deal is. I don't know if you're gonna be able to like build tension like that again. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'm sure I'm going to see it. It's in my queue, so eventually it will come to my house, and I'll watch it, and I'll report back. I don't have a timeline on that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's exciting, Mark. Thanks. Uh, The second one, we're going a little out of order here. Jack, you can <laughs> fix this one in post, because you're editing this week still. Um, I had to watch a movie <laughs> for losing a Beers for Fears thing, so go ahead and splice in the Scatman's World or Shame or whatever word. Scatman's world. We're doing here. We've got. Okay, he's not here. We've got to not allow that anymore. Okay. Okay. No so, Scatman's uh, good. world. Good. Agreed. Great. <laughs> Scatman's world. All we have to do is break into his house and delete all the drops off of his computer. Can you do that? You live closer. We than have I to do. delete his memory of the fact that that song exists. Continue. Uh, I watched the movie Cujo. I had to watch this one for hell, yeah. Some reason I lost. Uh, this was the oh, this was a uh, Deep Rising. I brought oh, this on myself. Okay. I have to. I had to co-watch this with Jack, but I'm not going to wait for that bastard to actually get to. No, it. no, no. He's probably never going to do it. <laughs> um, That's yeah. Actually... So I had to watch Cujo. This is another one I'd never seen. To, okay, so tell tell me about your thoughts going into watching Cujo. So it's like premise is killer dog. Does that sound stupid to you? Like yes. All I can think of is the beast from the Sandlot. Or okay, you already said yes, so the second part's not warranted at this point. Tell me about why it sounded stupid, and then how your experience was, Mark. I am not afraid of dogs. I'm one of those people who would be an idiot, cocky asshole who actually thinks that he could probably like win a fight with a trained dog or a oh, rabbit it, dog. It would fuck you, dude. It would absolutely murder me. The intellectual side of my being knows that, but the but trying to desperately hang on to my athleticism side of me thinks, but maybe there's a chance. Well, but then you're also like, it's also a dag. Like, you like dags? Yeah, of course I like dags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, going into this, I know that it is supposedly one of the scariest books out there, and it did c- catch people by surprise back I'm... in the day when the movie came out and all this other stuff. Um. But yeah, I, it's it's really really not all that scary or tense. Even it's just it's just a dog walking around being all intimidating. And I mean, like, D. Wallace does a really good job of playing <laughs> that the person in the car. Um, and like, you know, it's a big dog, and she's a relatively petite lady. So I could sure. see it's definitely more intimidating in that scenario than if it were a giant guy. And the movie does do some interesting things of having the dog kill two or three different dudes. Yeah. Um, so it does probably all it needs to in order to demonstrate that the dog is dangerous, but there's still just sort of like this just barrier preventing me from getting into the movie because it's like just this clearly like, you know, bedraggled dog walking around looking all doggy. Looking like a dog. Words. Looking like a dog. Looking like a dog. I can't watch a dog, a, a dog in a movie like that is supposed to be intimidating without not being intimidated because the beast exists. You um, can't watch a mo- dog in a movie yep. that is supposed to be intimidated without not being intimidating. Yes. No, that is supposed to be intimidating without not being intimidated. It made sense. There's a lot of negative. It still doesn't make sense. It makes sense. <laughs> the beast okay. renders me incapable of being intimidated by a dog in a movie. How's that? Better. Thank you. Significantly better. Uh, You know, X times a charm we've cut out however many takes it required i figured it out 
So there you go. That's Cujo from 1983. If you want to watch it, it's on Amazon Prime for free. So uh, there you have it. You can go back and revisit that classic. It is, I mean, I will, I, I don't think I can speak highly enough of D. Wallace's performance in the movie. That that was probably my biggest takeaway was she knocked it out of the park. D. Wallace is great. Uh, remind me, Mark, how long is this movie? I remember it feeling like it was about seven hours long. Uh, it's not long. That's nice. How long did it feel? It's about uh, it's about ninety minutes. It's it's not. I mean, it's not that bad to watch. I am noticing as I'm looking it up the up the stats on Google that yeah, for some reason it lists it as two hours forty four. Damn, I wonder if I saw that one. Yeah, there must be a director's cut or something floating out two there. Two hour, two almost three hours is too long. If it were that long, I would have surpassed the. It felt like seven hours and known that it t- was almost three hours. There is a line that you draw. That's like fucking Ben Hur length, dude. Yeah, the the one that is easily findable and rentable, uh, which I am now seeing as well. It's no longer free on Amazon Prime. Sorry, that's a misnomer. Uh, is an hour thirty two. Okay, that's totally acceptable. I want to go back and watch this. I haven't seen this movie since I was like. 15. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. Give it a, give it a watch. It is, it's a departure from what we're usually watching. Sure. And that uh, it's well. not particularly scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Whatever. Uh, lastly, and this was a purely serendipitous watch, but this came to us, uh, th- there was a comment that was left on our Patreon page, uh, regarding the curse of La Llorona, I actually watched this one last week before that comment came in and was already planning on talking about it. But uh, I do like it when these little when the cosmic paths cross and we were all we were all going to talk about the same thing anyway. Oh yeah, it came in. There was some vitriol in that comment. Yeah, so uh, I I think you have to rent this wherever you're getting it from, Redbox or Amazon or wherever. I got it as a DVD slash Blu-ray in the mail. Um, <laughs> all caps. La Llorona sucked. Was yeah. the comment. <laughs> Uh, tell me about it. Well, she's she's not wrong. La Llorona did suck. I wrote literally no notes down for this whole movie because there's really not much to talk about. It's Blumhouse has their thing dialed into a package that they are, they just make this thing every single time. This is the same movie you've seen from them many times. This is The Nun also. This is uh, probably the first Annabelle, whatever the one was before the beginning. You know, it's just like uh, it's it's dude. fine. It's competent. It has. If this was the first one you were seeing out of all of them, you would probably find it a little bit more scary. But you've seen literally all of this before. The only okay. thing that it's doing that's new here is they're kind of focusing on obviously Spanish folklore, right? The yeah. Curse of La Llorona, the Crying Woman, is an old kind of folk tale from uh, the Southern Hemisphere, Latin America, wherever you want to put it. Uh, <laughs> that's right on the hemisphere, dude. I don't know what side. <laughs> um, but in any case, you know, there's they, they do lean into that side of things. There's a lot of Spanish in it. The all of the like all of the culture within the movie is based around uh, you know, Spanish religion and the you know, the guy that they go to that's separated from the church has all of this has I, I don't really know how to describe it. He's sort of the, the witch doctor of the situation, but all of his background is also steeped in Spanish lore and all this other stuff. So it is kind of interesting to see, you know, a significant chunk of the climax of the movie being done almost entirely in Spanish. That's a nice little yeah. inclusive mitt to have. Uh yeah. but literally outside of that thing. Uh, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing new here. It's not particularly scary. It's uh, it's very jump scare driven. You I'm also shocked. know exactly what you're getting when you, when you pick one of these up, right? Like 
did were you surprised by how bad the nun was? No, everyone knew that was coming. Uh, in what was the last key? Insidious Four, the last key. No one was a no one was surprised that one was bad either. This is this this is just where the these movies are going. Yeah, but they're also I, they fill the role of being the ones that people can access. They're among the easiest access. Let's just say that, right? So I think that there is inherent value there because they. Uh, they keep making money, and until people until people vote with their dollar to say we don't want this predictable thing anymore, they're going to keep making them. So yeah, and and in that vein, I do think it is almost a pr- the only way I could frame this as being a good movie. It is it is this sort of popcorny movie is a great intro to horror. If you're someone who is jumpy, easily scared, doesn't like tense stuff. This is something you can stomach. There's a lot of jump scares in it, which are particularly effective usually for people in that case, but also that fear, that tension releases so quickly that it's kind of just more like a roller coaster than something that you're going into filled with dread and walking out feeling terrible. Yeah, there's a difference between dread and more of like the release of the terror side of the jump scare. And I'm assuming that a lot of these are fairly predictable as well. Like, Not that that's going to help you if you're not particularly versed in how horror does its thing, but... And now we're getting dangerously close to being like snooty horror snobs. So uh, should we get along to the feature presentation? Uh, I, yeah, we can. We're fucking a half hour in. I think we have to. Oh, my God. I we're doing great. At, Let's keep I, it up. I just looked at the timestamp. My God. <laughs> Go. Over at AtoZHorror.com this week, we watched 2019's Climax, which was a Mark pick. Good work, Mark. Thanks. This was fun. Yeah, keep patting yourself on the back. Go. Yeah. Go. Oh, uh, I had fun watching it. We'll okay. get to that in, okay, in ratings. Continue, continue. I assume I had, uh, this is the first time I watched it. Jake, you gave us a little bit of a of a, <laughs> Holy of a shit. pre-screening on, on what happened to you. Yeah. You know what, though? I want to take a minute to dissect that a little bit, Mark, because okay. the, the listener who has tuned in for the podcast that was Enter the Void will know that I had a very weird and particularly uncomfortable experience with that movie because, A, it was like one of the most hungover I've ever been, uh, and B, it's kind of a movie that makes you feel uncomfortable anyway. We shat on it, it a little movie. bit for not being horror. But for some reason, I forgot you picked this and then chose to go and watch it on my own. So I think apropos of nothing. I yeah, I think that says that says something. I just want to say that and leave that there and we can continue. But Well, and what it says is that even though Enter the Void wasn't your traditional horror fair, we we both agreed, Jack probably less so, but you and I both agree that there was something fundamentally interesting and good about what Gaspar Noe put on film for Enter the Void. It was an extraordinarily disturbing movie. It made me yes. feel not great. Yes. In a very uh, weird way, and I was wondering if that could replicate itself here. Right. And in, in what is roundly considered as an actual horror movie. That was what was exciting, yes. And then you yeah. look at the time on it, and you're like, oh my god, it's also 90 minutes. Holy it's shit. It's not two and a half hours long, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. Anyway, okay, that's enough of my backstory. All right, before we get into it, I got to hold my own feet to the fire here. Uh, Thank you. I think we got to do a 30-second plot synopsis on this well, thing, and I we'll, got to tell you, Jake. Well, we um, do. We do. I, I don't know any of their names, and there's not a lot of plot here, so this could be uh, six seconds long. Do, do you want to try to do it in t- uh, Let's try to do it in 10. 
It always goes okay. faster than you think it's going to go, Mark. Remember the last time okay. we tried to do six, dude? Really? Six? Okay. Try no, to do that's ten. Good. Try to do ten. Ten-second ten plot synopsis. Ooh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a calculator open. Not a stopwatch. That's not going to help me. Okay, <laughs> now it's going to start when you start. We join a group of aspiring professional dancers in a bunker in the wilderness during a snowstorm. They are practicing their choreographed dance, and then they stop to have a party. They all drink punch at the party. It has been spiked with very various hallucinogenic drugs. They freak the fuck out. Each of them goes on their journey. Two of them get locked out. One of them dies, and uh, mayhem ensues. A kid gets locked in a closet. Okay, that was 20 seconds. Oh, Anything I thought you were going to okay, I thought you were gonna ding me. I kept no, going. I wasn't going to ding you at 10, because you do technically have 30. Okay. We hit You're leaving yet? it at the kid gets locked in the closet time. Uh, <laughs> Nailed it. You also said one person died, and I take issue with that, but we'll talk more about it. Oh, I guess, well, one person died outside. Yeah, several people yeah. died. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, two? At least. You'll have to remind me. You, you, I, have I, taken, you must have taken better notes than I did on this <laughs> oh, one. Oh, it gets yeah. a little ambiguous as to who's alive and who's dead at the end. That was one of my notes. Okay, well, we'll, we'll go through all of our notes, of which I have none. Loose. Uh, the loose but episode. First, but first, we got to do our award-winning segment. Woo! Yeah, what in do. the fuck subgenre does this thing fit into or something like that? Yep. We haven't added art, and because of my beer, I'm advocating that this is the week we add it. Uh, We haven't? Are you sure? Oh, shit, if it's already there. It is not. You are right. Fuck! It's art this, is not on This here. is an art film. I, I Do art here. For the sake of Jack, who's editing this right now and probably having a minor coronary, do art <laughs> slash experimental. I feel like that's a wider swath we're cutting. Okay. I mean, I'll point out that you're usually the one who freaks out about adding genres, and Jack's typically okay with it, but, you know, whatever. I, I don't believe that to be true. Tell me how you feel about adding that. Jack's the Jack's the cool one. You're the one who's like really stuck up and in the mud. You know what I mean. I, I believe this is you getting us backwards again. Oh, fantasy po- retroactive fantasy point from last year. Of course. Okay. Eventually, I'm going to have won 2018. We just got to keep it going. <laughs> we got to keep tracking. <laughs> no, oh. it's a it's a volume play, regardless of what year you pick it in. Mm-hmm. I um don't really know what else this is. Foreign. Oh, okay. Fuck foreign. Yes, oh, you're French. kicking my ass. It's a French movie. Yes, uh, about 10% of this movie is in English. The rest of it is subtitled. Yes, in French or German or, I don't know. I'm Various assuming, Europe. I'm assuming those are the only languages they're speaking in this movie. Uh, Yeah. Anything else we want to add there? Colorful? <laughs> that's, that's That falls under, see, the perfect new category of art slash experimental. Uh, yeah, I mean, the punchline here, there isn't really even a bad guy. It's just that they're all tripping balls. And even then, they're only kind of tripping balls. I'm trying to think if there could be anything else. There's, there's not. There, yeah, this is not your traditional horror movie. However, it was yeah. branded as one, and we'll talk about that. Well, why don't we get into that then? Well, let's start with the movie does right. Uh, well, I can't get. I can't. That's not a natural transition for me because I don't think that's one of the things that I would put in this category. Oh, okay. I visuals, always like the Mister X visuals. Yeah, Mister X did visuals though for sure. I mean, it, this is no surprise. We know what Gasparino does very well. He did it in Enter the Void. He did it here again. This movie is ridiculous looking. It is gorgeous, and the shots are preposterously good. Yeah, let's take the the people out of this conversation for now. Just the pure cinematography of the way that they shoot this thing is incredible the the framing the overhead upside down spinning around shots yeah. are great at capturing 
how unreveled people are becoming. And also, yes. they do it a lot at the, be- the well. The initial dance sequence is very. It's it's also highly kinetic. So they're using yeah. it to kind of show the natural movement of the people in the movie. Um, but then in my like, essentially, I think that evolved over time to become a little less stabilized and a little more hairy throughout the movie, which I think they did on purpose to kind of show people unraveling. They totally did. Yeah, they totally did. Because he had several of those like set piece sequences that are the dance, quote unquote, I'm air quoting heavily right now, sequences where they introduce that in the film with the first one, which is like them doing their thing, their recital, whatever you call it. And then there are a couple more that are kind of framed in a similar way, but it starts to become more and more unraveled. And I mean, that's visual storytelling to like the, uh, the that's like, the, yeah, the nth degree. Like that's as good as it gets from visual storytelling perspective. Cause you don't have to say shit. You don't need any exposition. You show it and you show it beautifully. And this did that masterfully. Totally yeah. agreed. In that, well, since this is a kind of a natural transition, I now want to start talking about the actual dancing in this movie. Neither okay. of us are dancing people. Hey, Mark. Hey, Jake. You're kind of a dancer. I've seen you dance. Yeah, but not choreographed. Look, I'll yeah. cut a rug at a, I'll 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 throw a few back and cut a rug at a wedding, but I I could not hop into this dancing circle and do any one <laughs> thing that these people are are throwing down. Well, there's a lot of like double jointed out of socket arm stuff. It's weird. There's there's one dude in particular who definitely is double jointed doing all kinds of things like jumping through his arms and twiddling them around and yeah. all this other shit. He's very acrobatic. The opening sequence of this movie is like a 10-minute long choreographed dance recital, as you called it. I'll call it the second sequence because I do want to talk about the actual opening sekwence, but yes. Okay. Yes, it is. It is a dance recital. They are, they are reciting. They're going... So uh, anyway, we're, we're, we're burying the lead a little bit if anyone cares about the story here. I guess this is like they've recruited dancers from around, I don't know... This area of France and Europe, I, I think they're all like There's, there are Americans in there too. Are there at least one? Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe there's a few Brits. I thought there was at least one American. I don't even remember the Brits, man. I thought they were all French and a couple Germans. Anyway, whatever. Maybe some South Africans. They were going to the states to compete in a thing, so they were they were called in the dancers. They're putting together a performance, and they're going to go on tour. Yeah, America's go. Next Top Dance Crew. Oh I God. Assume. Isn't that where the Jabberwockies came from? Is it really? I thought so. Hmm. I don't know. I know nothing about the Jabberwockies other than what they look like, dude. Oh, okay. Well. I also don't know what sort of clout that performance or competition should have, so I don't know why <laughs> I responded that It should have zero. It's, a, it's an American reality TV show. I assume these people are good enough to be doing I don't know, man. Everyone things. cares about the Bachelorette and shit now. Like, I don't know what's important. Uh, Certainly not that. I can I can say well, that with certainty. Well, we we have a long history as a country of caring about things we shouldn't care about. Anyway, anyway, augmenting the absolutely beautiful cinematography that underpins this movie is the choreography and sort of just like I mean, all of these people have to be professional dancers. They if, are. if these are just actors that have a hobby of of movement then i guess wow good work but i think the one who played selva sophia botella or whatever is the only like true blue i might be wrong if i'm sliding someone i'm sorry but i I think she's the only one that's been in a lot of things right and she yeah she's the only one that i had recognized anyways the the way just like sort of the natural grace and ease of their movement flows so well with the way gaspar no shoots his shit like 
those are two separate things in my mind, but they come together to be way more than the sum of their parts. If that makes any sense. No, I totally agree. I mean, you're, it's a synergy thing. I, I yeah. get it. I think it's super interesting to have watched a movie that he did other than this beforehand and then come to this. So, like, thinking yeah, back to what, what I experienced and what I liked about uh, Enter the Void, you could see a lot of that on display here, too. So that's just his filming style. I don't know if it's going to be as prominent in something like Irreversible. I don't know if I'm going to... I don't know if I have the wherewithal to go back and watch that movie, frankly. But Right. I, we might have seen the perfect movie to watch before this one. I think Because so. I don't know anything about... I haven't seen Love. I haven't seen Irreversible. You know, those could be completely different ones. But in yeah, there is a sort of resonance between Enter the Void and Climax that agreed. might not be there in the other movies. Agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. Um, it, and I think that it's on display in the best way here. Like, it is your condensed version of what you get without a lot of... Like, one of our big complaints <clears throat> from Enter the Void was that you could cut, like, every scene down by, like, 90% and still get the gist of it. That's not necessarily the case here. Well, so... I, I had this note later on, but I'll go ahead and read it right now. This movie could be 20 minutes long. So I did have kind of the same thought but, in this. But not as it's such dude. a pleasure to watch this one that you don't have that same thing, right? So huh, okay. Enter the Void, you're lingering on misery and pain. In this yeah. one, you're lingering on a fucking awesome 10-minute dance sequence. <laughs> things that are inher- inherently interesting to watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, that matched with the fact that it is also an hour shorter than Enter the Void equals better experience. Also true. Yeah. I cannot underpin enough that I am not one to go and watch dance performances. They don't really do anything for me. <sighs> yeah, no. But just the way that this one is is done had me absolutely riveted, totally immersed throughout the whole thing, hoping that someone was going to bust some fancy dance move at all sure. times. Sure, sure. I, d- I don't know if I'd say a lot of people busted fancy dance moves. I, there was just a lot. There's some fancy dance moves, bud. There there are some fancy dance moves. Yeah. You just said you just said you didn't think that people busted any fancy dance no, moves. No, I, I don't remember what I said. What I meant to say. I don't know, Mark. I don't know. It's, it's this is the episode of loose looseness. Lucidity okay. is not. Of whether um, whether or not you could be intimidating <laughs> by dogs that are supposed to be intimidating. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. There are fancy dance moves, but I think that it is aided by the cinematography because every time you have something happening, I'm like, I don't know how much of this is the coolness or like intricacy of the dance versus like what's happening on from an actual camera perspective. And that almost took away a little bit from the dance part of it for me. Not that I didn't think it was cool. I thought it was fucking awesome. But yeah, see, I think it was sense. I think it was fully both. And those two things go very well together. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the horror elements of this, okay? Because uh, the in, one in what image, it does right, I, in what the, it does right, yeah, yeah, yeah. In what it does right, mm-hmm. the one image I'm going to take away from this movie, I think, is the mother crying by the locked door that her child is stuck behind, maybe dead. Uh, but okay, so crying, so still alive. So pre, she slits her wrists and kills herself. E- yes. <laughs> It's pretty dark in general. Also, I mean that as well. When the the final scene when they're rescued by the whatever the police that come in and she's lying on the floor and don't they show her dead and then is her son also dead on the he inside died. I was well okay. there there's a whole thing that they make of it and i think that like while you're watching it at the moment you're not sure it's like when the power goes out they're like joking they were whatever his name was like toro or something what was his oh name? he touched the wires they were like because she locks him in there and she was like don't touch these they can kill you and you're like okay that's Chekhov's power box thing or whatever and <laughs> yeah. then 
power goes out and the dancers are all like on their LSD trip at that point. And they're like, oh, Toro touched the wires. I don't think his name's Toro, listener. And she flips out, goes back to the door and ultimately kills herself. But whatever his name was. Yeah, the little he kid. He died. He, he dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he pulled a Grimes. Yeah. What was his name? Fuck. Tito. Tito. There's Tito. Tito, not Toro. I don't know. They're both four-letter words that start you with You dumb T. idiot. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an asshole. I'm a real <laughs> asshole. In a movie that it's impossible to know anyone's name. Anything else in this movie does right? Because that's a perfect transition into what this movie does middle. Uh, let's go to middle. Great. I, I love the dead silence there well, while you were thinking. Well, I had to think about it. Let it breathe. So, what I had in what this movie does middle is the number of characters. This is a double-edged <laughs> sword. Okay, I, I can, I can the construction this. of this movie is very strange in that it is essentially everyone in the same setting, and there are at least 20 people, each one of them, or maybe as a pair, go on their own separate narrative arc. Yes. It is impossible to keep track of who is who, unless you're like looking directly. I mean, you recognize the people, but you don't yeah. know any of their names. You don't know anything that they're talking about. Everyone slept with everyone else, so there's also that like that one dude who's apparently slept with everybody, and he's listing off names, and you're like, I have no idea which person he's talking about, and uh, there's and a pregnancy scare, and you're not really sure if it's that guy's. I'm pretty sure it was right. that guy's. Well, and the, the the great part about that, and why I agree with you, is that that's totally by design, and it may it like puts you in this mindset, like you're confused the whole time. And that ultimately, I think, sets you up better for what happens. But it's confusing <laughs> is the problem. So you are confused the whole time and you don't know what's happening. And if you are trying to become invested in a movie from an immersion standpoint, you're kind of constantly thinking about who is this person? Should I care? Is this a movie where I'm ever going to know anyone's name? You're asking yourself all of the important questions in life. Um, so it can take you out of it. Yeah. And essentially the way that they introduce these people is through the first segment that you alluded to earlier, which is yes. just head-on, face-to-face, real-world-style interviews with a camera. Yes. Uh, wherein they superimpose the name of the character below them talking to the camera, which is not is... the best, most elegant way of introducing characters, but yeah. Yeah, whatever. I'm happy you're bringing that up, too, and what the movie does middle, because this is also where it's what I do middle, because I... <laughs> I liked that part of the film. I, I whatever, but there's a lot to unpack there because it's done on like one of those tube TVs with it's it's there for like ten minutes, right? And yeah. then all around it, it's your classic bullshit. All around it are VHSs and magazines, and there's a ton of stuff there that I'm assuming are influences. I can't yeah. remember. Well, I mean, any of it because I didn't take any fucking notes. Oh, I did. I mean, you have you have uh, Suspiria is definitely in there. There's wow. a couple different Nietzsche books. There's Franz Kafka, The Labyrinth Man, uh, Zombie, Schizophrenia. There's, I mean, there's ones in there that are, yeah, you 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 get it. They're yes. laying it on pretty thick. This is what you're this is what you're about to see. Yeah. So the middle. one that, the one that's important that they put in there is Suspiria. Yes, agreed. Okay, cool. I'm glad we cleared that up because I could not for the life of me remember what was there, but I knew that that was like, here's my intentional thing that you should pay attention to on the side when I'm here for 10 minutes showing you all these people and there's no way you can remember any of them. Do you want to play a quick game? Uh, Sure, Mark. Okay, uh, I'm going to give you a few names. All you have to do is tell me whether or not they were 
characters in this movie. Oh my god. Okay. What? What? Okay. Whatever. I'll let you dictate whether I win or lose. Okay. Uh, let's start with mommy. No. Correct. Psych. Yes. Are you transitioning, or is that a name? That no, 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 no. Psych is the person's name. Oh, you're moving on to the next one. I mean, that right there, in and of itself, is an example of how difficult this is. Yep. Yes. That is correct. Yes. Um, Trevor. No. Rocket. Yes. Ibis. 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 Uh, either way, no. Okay. Uh, that is. Ibis is not in this movie. That is correct. This is a hard thing to, for me to just do on the fly. <laughs> uh, Lou. Yes. Yes. Oh, you're doing you're doing way better at this than I thought. Alu. It's so close that also yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's so far. I think you're 100. percent You're holy a shit. I should have done this on the fucking GMAT. <laughs> uh, rocket. Yes. Bats. Well, yes. Corkscrew. No. <laughs> okay, you you got a ball. I I can't. I'm Yay. not good enough coming up with fake names on the. I'm the smartest man alive. <laughs> you nailed it. But uh, the point here is that some of these names are absolutely fucking preposterous. Well, and all the people are preposterous too, because the the thing that's difficult through an auditory medium here. I don't know if that's what you if that's even how you should say that. Whatever. Uh, is that these people have some style and they are all quite unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have their their brand to them. Totally. And that's uh, including I didn't even mention Gazelle as one of the names. Jesus Christ. I yeah. and the, here's the problem. If you had taken that one step further, I wouldn't have known what any of those people were, but I remember just enough about the movie to know that they exist. Like I couldn't tie any of those to the people in the film, the ones that were actually the names of characters. Like, I'm assuming with Mommy, you meant Daddy. I remember Daddy. Daddy Daddy's in there. I thought I was going to trip you up. Daddy wore a fucking kilt. I remember Daddy. Yeah. Um, Gazelle, I remember, because she's, she's one of the, the... She's the brother and sister. She's the sister. The Gazelle was a total guess for me. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, Gazelle I didn't bring up until later. Cool. Anyways. Yeah, so, I mean, that... To get it back to what it does middle, I like what this movie... I, I like that this movie's so complex as far as the narrative structure, or maybe... Complex isn't the right word there, but so various, so varied. But sure, it gets very, sh- it, it, it anchors it as being very shallow because none of the arcs get particularly deep because there's 20 of them. Damn, I forgot something I wanted to put in what the movie does right. Oh, even after your long pause? Yeah, I know, right? Okay, Can well, we do a quick like... Yep. Thank you. Quick uh, interruption for something the movie does right here. Holy shit, the way they did sound in this movie. On top of the visual, the audio was really nice. I mean, you have an interesting sound to begin with because this is a dance-filled movie. But the way that that comes into play as things start to deteriorate, both from the perspective of like what they are dancing to and the way those beats hit you, and then when characters start moving around this, I think they're in a school, but as they start moving around and you hear, there's basically the central hall, the dance hall, where everyone is kind of, that's where they were doing their recital. As characters are moving around and you can kind of get a sense of place by feeling the bass and where that is. I thought that was really awesome actually. And it, it it's it's hard to describe, but y- if you watch the movie you'll know what I mean. You know what? 
that's a great point. And I didn't, I didn't note that down or anything, but the way like, so they have all of the speakers in one dance hall and yeah. they do a, now that you're mentioning it like that, that does really strike true to me that I remember kind of knowing how far removed from the action they were based on where the base was. Cause you can kind of, you can kind of always, I, I this sounds like I'm, this sounds overboard, but you can kind of feel it all the time. Like, even when you're far when you're far away, you still get the boom, 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 and you know what's happening and where I mean, it yeah, is. The, the rhythm's gonna get you, kind of regardless. <sighs> the rhythm's gonna get you. I I will also say that this is a movie that I don't do this very commonly, but I'm happy I did. I'd like to go back back and watch this on like my my big setup. I didn't do that. I actually watched this on my laptop. So I think there are pros and cons here. Oh yeah, watch this with a sound system, dude. Because but no, some no, of these no, no, sequences, no. like the opening credits that are the credits, not the opening like yes. interviews. Yes, actually, kind of had me grooving. You know, sure, sure. No, but what I'm saying is with with the cans on the oh, the, the audio is pretty damn good too. Oh, I see. So yeah, I think okay. there are pros and cons. Yeah. Anyway, we we can go back to what the movie does in the middle. I thought that was tremendous though. I had one more thing which was that uh and this is just a Gaspar Noism, but the uh the closing credits at the beginning of the movie are just sort of strange. The the whole sequence Wait, did have when? improving cuz the what? I, what do you mean when? We'll talk more about Gaspar No style credits in a later segment. Oh, I see. I had nothing else in what this movie does middle though, Jake. Uh, anything else before we move along? Um, I don't oh know. God. Just you can't do this twice in a row. I'm gonna dude. do it every <laughs> single time. This movie I is kind you. of an uh, I'm thinking style movie. I I guess I'll go ahead and pot the art for art's sake element here and just say that that still exists in this movie, like it did in Spades. I think in Edge of the Void, and I'm gonna move past it. How's that? There's some art for art's sake here. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I mean, I am. I'm not going to disagree with you. I actually kind of think normally. I normally I think that does go in middle, but I fundamentally like everything that this movie did in that regard. So, I would have potted that a little bit higher if we wanted to make it a category. That's going to take us to what the movie does wrong. Yes, it is. You start. Me start. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this feels like a little bit of double jeopardy, but I'm I'm actually going to start with the Gaspar No style. Uh, I don't know credits. We had okay. the 35-minute sequence in Enter the Void. Here, what we get, and the way this movie's actually structured, is like two distinct films. He goes so far as to, they do the intro where it's like these people auditioning or whatever, their tapes, and then you get some stuff, and then they have a dance sequence, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, later, not don't, inter- don't interrupt, but correct me if I'm wrong later, I think there's like a single scream that pops up and it says some weird shit and then there's more dancing and story quote unquote and then you end the part of the film that is the party and all these people hanging out after they've drank their sangria that's spiked with lsd or whatever and as the drug takes hold you hit the credits for the film and they last for some time and you see like 35 different musical credits three of which say Gaspar no for some reason <laughs> I don't understand it's like it's like uh I don't know I Skrillex uh Dead Mouse bunch of other things I don't know Gaspar no bunch of other things I don't know Gaspar no and I don't know why and then the movie enters its second phase which is the everyone's fucked up more horror phase the first part of this movie we'll get to this in a second is basically just like dance sequences matched with like young people humor which is interesting and it's in another language so that's gonna mileage will vary there but the way in which the credits are structured here are 
not going to be for everyone, and they are not a crowd pleaser, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's got it's it's just a it's a Gasper Noism. I guess. What was the and one? What did what did? Oh, fuck! This is where the looseness what? is hitting me, man. It's it's bullshit. Uh, there was one that was preposterous about like child rearing or childbirth is like a some sort. I I don't know. What did it say? Do you have this note? Please have this note. No, I don't have this. There note. was one where it was one of those things that just popped up, and it said something along the lines of like childbirth is a god given right or something. Oh, 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 oh! There, so there are like chapters to this movie that don't make any sense. I, I do okay, now thanks. remember what you're talking about. Uh, one of them is yeah, it's something about I think childbirth is a blessing and a curse or something like that, but it's not that sensical. Yeah, so there are those matched with the uh, things that are identifiably credits. So if that's a chaptering mechanism, then wow, first of all. Yeah, I you know, I choose to believe it's a chaptering mechanism because otherwise he's just writing on the screen nonsense phrases. Well, the next time he does it, it's fucking upside down. The writing is upside down <laughs> the next time. <laughs> yeah, because because things have gone tits up. Oh, shit, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, I mean... I don't like it. He does some crazy shit. I, I, yeah, so, I, whatever. People, whatever. For me, this is clearly what the movie does wrong. You don't need this, and it was the perfect transition from the art for art's sake. I should have just put the art for art's sake in the fucking bottom, uh, whatever. Yeah, instead you put it in the middle and then took a long pause trying to remember whether or not there was anything else and then decided to transition to your own point. It takes me a minute. This is the episode of looseness, Mark. No, Let I it appreciate loose. that. Let it be loose. Let me just, yeah. whatever. Okay. Thank you. What do you have? I had the the only thing we touched on so far and does wrong is that in a way this movie could be 20 minutes long. There's really not a lot of actual content, like depth of content here. There's a lot of superficial character interaction, which is fun to watch, but from a narrative standpoint, <laughs> there's it's fun to watch, dude. I I, I like agree. that all of these characters kind of have their own personalities and there's like cliques and rivalries and stuff that are going on. Um but I, yeah. there's not like there's not much here to really like dig into yeah i mean there's a five minute conversation near the end of the first half about whether raw dogging anal is the way to go yeah i would be interested to just talk to gasper no for a little while in real life this dude has some weird sexual shit dude can we talk more <laughs> yeah, about he the, might just uh, what, be here's what else the movie does wrong uh gasper no's sexual feelings might have some there might be some problems here I don't know uh, enough about the man, but wow. I don't know if there's problems. There's just a little, problems. there's there's certainly, there. it's sundry. I will tell you this, Mark, at least this time you didn't have us watch a pornographical film, to quote Yeah, Jack. that's an interesting little thing. This has to be the least pornographical of all of Gaspar Noah's movies, right? Cause I would think there's so. There's like a moment of side boob in the shower. I think that's about it that you see in this Kind one. of. I mean, people are banging at the end, but it's not anything But you don't different. see anything. It's yeah, just, you it's don't just see anything. empty it's just, thrusting. It's, yeah, exactly, which is normal. Yeah, it's just thrusting for thrusting's sake. Yeah, I mean, but it's not like it's not what we got from there. Sake. There's a lot of extra. There's a lot of extracurricular behavior in all of his other movies. Sure, as there's, far as I'm aware, no... I have not seen Love, but I am aware of what Love is. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, there is nothing on that plane in this movie. Yeah, uh, Q Jack just splicing himself in here, being like, "Yep, watched it. It's a porno." <laughs> It's not a porno. He would be wrong. It's close. It's certainly close. Mm. 
don't know about the that. The other though. thing that I wanted to throw into the does wrong category is the way that he captures dialogue. It's a stylistic choice and you could I mean you could say a similar thing about how say Quentin Tarantino captures dialogue. Okay. But this one I mean it's just it, it's stilted and wooden in a way that is supposed to feel stilted and wooden. It's what he's going for, but I also still don't really particularly care for it. It's, you, it's very it's very cold. Can you explain more? I, I feel like I lose all ability to determine what is stilted and wooden when I'm having to like read subtitles. Uh, well, so that's fair. It and it might what I'm not talking about here is the delivery, because I like you're saying, these are most of the lines are delivered in French and it's hard or German or whatever. And it's hard for us to actually weigh in on how well the line is delivered. What I'm Damn. talking about more is how a lot of this we haven't talked about this yet. Most of the dialogue most of the dialogue in this movie is like just dead center of the frame, two people talking. Neither of them, well, occasionally they're looking at each other, but mostly they're looking like dead ahead. And there isn't like the over-the-shoulder shots. There's not like the 180 rule thing. It's just like both of them in frame talking to each other, having a conversation. There's no, for all for how kinetic and and like incredible the cinematography is around all of the movement scenes, if people are sitting there talking, the camera is also just completely still which again stylistic choice and as i'm describing it i kind of like that yeah i agree but the way that it just captures their conversations makes it feel not necessarily like their conversations are inorganic but it makes me feel like i'm watching them have a conversation instead of like i'm very aware of the fact that i'm watching the movie so at that point i've i've tension it took me a long time to get there but i finally figured out what my point was i I, oh that's good that's good i potentially have a two-part question first okay first part do you feel this way about Gaspar no or do you feel about ooh, or do you feel this way about Gaspar no in this movie I had similar thoughts about some of the scenes in uh oh my god what was the other name of End of the Void End wow. of the Void okay Nailed so it. I don't remember that from that movie and what was going to lead me to my second question which I guess I can go ahead and pose in a statement sort of way at this point is that in this movie, I thought that that was definitely something that he was going for, and it was to, like, show how these people aren't, like, they're not interacting in an organic way because they were brought together in an inorganic way. Like, they're brought together to, like, do a certain thing, and now you've got, like, the we're still getting to know each other, clicks are developing, like, all of that bullshit that happens when you're in a contained environment like that. Like, I don't think it's, right. it's underpinning the fact that this is not a development, a natural development of the way in which people would interact so, together. So that's the rebuttal. It's a stylistic choice representing, like, the situation that these people are in. And I, I get that. I guess the point I'm making, not well, mind you, is that it still reminds me of the fact that I'm watching them interact. Totally. It, I, no, it, totally. It prevents agreed. me from yeah. immersing myself into their conversation. Yes. Like typically when you shoot over the shoulders of people, which is how you traditionally shoot dialogue, you are kind of just subconsciously pretending like you're part of that conversation because you're seeing it over as from their point of view. If you're sitting there, the way the camera is positioned, it makes you a third person. It makes you just sitting there looking at these two people, unable to interact with them while they're interacting amongst themselves. Yeah, no, I which agree. make which is, I mean, if you do that in real life, that's an awkward and weird thing to do. So totally. it feels awkward and weird. Yeah, agreed. 
So, yeah, yeah, I guess you could throw this up as high as does middle, but it's a, a, definitely a point I wanted to make when so much of this movie is no. captured with just a dead-on, yeah, like, center frame, two people talking shot. No, I agree. It it hits you in a weird way. It's almost something that I wanted to put higher, but I, I can't. Like, it's it's a bizarre, unique thing, and it did not hit me the right way either. So, eh. All right. I had to play devil's advocate, man. That's all I had written down. You want to get to uh, Nitz pick? Ooh, blow it. <laughs> the episode of Letting It pause. Breathe as well. Yeah. What what I was kind of waiting for you mean? to start talking. No, what does that one mean? Um, Go. <laughs> no it means talking. the train's going. That means go. That means go. I refuse <laughs> it means to believe go. that. It go, means is, go. go is too extra long. <laughs> yeah, with the pause in the <laughs> is middle. Is that what that says? Uh, is, I guess if I had blown it, if I'd blown it one more time, then it would mean the train has departed. Ah, go is yeah. long. Pregnant pause, also long. <laughs> uh, I we've already kind of touched on a lot of my nits pick and neats pick. The only one that okay. I ha- didn't have so far come out so far is that uh, I. This is really more a neat pick than anything else. I find it infinitely reassuring that. All of the people in this movie are incredible dancers, as evidenced by the incredible dancing they do in the <laughs> second segment, the the first dancing segment, whatever. Sure. And then the, and the like, next one. And then the choreography cuts off, and they're like, "Okay, we're changing over. It's party time now." And they all immediately revert to like the dancing I do at most weddings, which is like you plant your feet and you kind of just like move your shoulders a little bit, and you kind of like. You punch the air if you want to move your arms around. Like no one's no one's out there on the dance floor during the party wait, 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 doing wait, like wait. crazy shit until the end when they're like drugged out of their minds. But like when they're still sober and the party's just starting, they're kind of just grooving like normal people groove. You know, it makes I, me feel good about myself. Sure. Well, I what I'm these are like the interstitial moments though. Like this is in between the set pieces. Like we have the whole recital. And then there's set piece, like that's the set piece. And then you have the interstitial moments and like the shoulder move and a little bit of get, you really got to get the crowd up, all that stuff. And then you have another dance sequence that I liked at least as much as the choreographed recital, which was the overhead of the circle where people are butting in. Cause that's where you started to see a little bit more of that frenetic energy. Yeah. So I'm just going to say that. That has nothing to do with Nitpick Station. I'm just kind of well, like jumping in on you here. I, I, the other thing this is reminding me of that I should have brought up earlier as far as the horror element goes, once everything is off the chain and people are going nuts, what they do a lot is they throw one of the like the double-jointed people or like just some other weird like pop and locker in the background to do movements that are like obviously human because a human's doing them, but also But also human. weird. They, yeah. they, they look janky. Uh, to the to the I mean well case in point to describe when, it in the very least yeah case in point was when they take shoulder arm dude and they put him in a stationary spot at like the wings of the hall which yeah. is where whatever main character Selva or whoever was like freaking out going through the middle of her trip and like she goes over to where Tito or whatever his name is is locked in she comes back Tuna. into the main hall and the way they frame that is that he's like basically always in frame in the background doing his weird shoulder thing independent of what she's doing yeah and he's the, just like a silhouette of a sort of like a monster essentially just kind of back there being kind a of. reminder of the crazy situation that's happening well and that's actually kind of like getting into neat pick because i like what that's one of the best examples of like where you get sense of place through the way in which the audio works was that yeah. scene? Um, yeah, totally. I, I didn't. I didn't cite it at that point, but that's one of the best examples of that. Uh, but you do bring up another nitpick, which is like 
Enter the Void. This is really hard to place as a horror film. It's really hard to place. That's if a we're going, nitpick? if You're we're bringing that up now, not really. Well, I had no other place in the podcast. So I just want to talk about it. This goes back like two years to when I talked about like one of my dumb fucking picks was post horror. These it was can a dumb only pick. fit you got zero points for it. These can only. F- I'm not trying to get more points now. I'm just saying these can only fit in post horror. This is not your traditional fare, man. Like this is off-the-wall stuff that if you're like, oh, you like horror? Go watch Climax. Who the fuck are you going to say that to? No one. That's not... There's, uh, I no. there's a there's a cross-section of people I would recommend this Who? movie to. Dancers? Give me, give me, give me your cross-section and uh, tell me it's a normal so- slice of life. There's actually a surprisingly large subset of people who like both Gaspar Noe movies and horror movies that I've come across at my workplace. People who like porn. I, we did not get that. We, I, I met them in my workplace. We, we did they not like get that far into the films, conversation. Mark. They like pornographical films. Uh, I mean, who doesn't, right? Yeah, right. You know, whatever. We're being honest. Uh, I mean, I think there's a little bit more. There's more depth you, to you, him than that. But I know. I'm fucking with you. You cannot argue that this is not your normal horror movie. We could barely think of something to pop this in and what the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into, dude. This is barely okay. a horror movie in a traditional sense. Now, if someone, mind if, you, I'm saying traditional sense. I'm not done. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying traditional sense, whereas we there it is go back and listen to Enter the Void to get our thoughts on whether that's a horror movie, and we said it was horror Jason at best. I think this does fit, but it fits in a really weird way that I can't place, and I don't know if it's a neat pick or a nitpick. But I mean, the point is here that like there are people out there who want to see something new and different and cavalier, and that's this is that this is that for sure. Like, yes. If my mom comes to me and she's like, "I want to watch a horror movie," I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna find this. Recommend this one to my mom. Hell no, 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 no. Uh, but okay, so let's let's talk about it. This is the 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 nitpick station has become the catch all at this point because this is the podcast of being loose. Mark, what what are the elements here that make it the most horror? Because this is people. On an LSD trip, this is the badness of humanity that can come out when you have people that are not ready for something, and then it happens to them. Like this is this could be anything. Yeah, LSD so is just how it manifests itself. You definitely have to underline the inhospitable surroundings, right? If you go outside, you essentially die. They send one guy out because he's the initial one they blame for. That's barely uh, a player, the... though. What? That's barely a player, though. But it is, I mean, you are reminded of it. It's the start of the movie, the very cold opening, which is literally cold opening, uh, and the way the movie goes out. And when they open the doors to let any, to let that guy out, to kick him out, you already kind of are aware of what's going on outside. So you can't leave. And they also go out of their way to make it a pretty like locked up tight facility. You called it a school. I called it a bunker. I don't know what this thing is supposed to be. A school. They said it's a school. Well, they're using it as their dance school, no, but I don't know ah, what the original structure was intended for. A school, I think it was a okay, school. Okay, great. Well, it's a very high-security school, if sure. that's the case. Uh, so there's a general sense of enclosure, regardless of how dangerous you feel the outside surroundings are, which they're obviously dangerous, but they don't underline them that frequently. That's a fundamental part of horror, one. Right? Yes, yes. Two, totally. you have the mob mentality... We don't see this all that frequently, but when the mob kind of turns on people, that's one place where the actual like size of the group comes into play because there's like 20 people. And when they yeah. all decide that it was the one guy 
or later on, you know, a few other people that are at fault. That guy just gets kicked out. He doesn't get to rebut his case or anything like that. He just gets basically sent into the wilderness to die. Yeah, it happens in several places, yeah. And then, as finally, as the movie fully descends into darkness, you get this these shots of people, the mother crying outside the door, thinking that her son is dead, well, knowing that her son is dead. Once the police come in, you get the sort of finalizing shot of all of the subtle and whatever, like crazy violence that happened to all of the people. There's a few, you know, whoever's dead on the floor, whoever's crying in the corner, you get the shot of the guy frozen to death outside and you see the lady leave, which flashes back to the very beginning of the movie where she's bleeding and doing like snow angels and shit. So yeah. there's there's definitely like horror fare built into this thing. It's just you have to look for it. Yeah, and it's, it's more also- of a maybe this is maybe this is and I hate using this because we've abused that subcategory so violently, but uh, psychological. Hmm. I think it's post horror. I think it's post horror. I mean, it can be both, <laughs> but I mean, as far as using psychoactive drugs, that should probably fall into the uh, post horror or the uh, psychological category, right? I would think so. It is deeply affecting their psyche. That's the whole, that's that's the root cause here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we should have said psychological, but in a very different way than typical. Uh, Want me to add that? Psychological, comma, very different that way That would than be a sub-sub-genre, Mark. Jake, we are talking ourselves in circles. Let's get the fuck out of here. I No, I have another thing. Oh, uh, okay. I have another thing. Okay. And it's a question. When okay. does this movie take place? 19 shlordy six. No, it, it's like vaguely. This is one of those that's vaguely it's, modern, right? But, uh, but but you also intro with a CRT television surrounded by VHS yeah, tapes. That's weird. No <laughs> one has. So I think I actually have an answer to this as we talk through it. That's weird. Then there's like basically no indication when they're in the school or wherever the hell they are of like how they would go and seek out help. Everyone's tripping, so that's kind of the answer because there's no one that could be like the mind that's like, let's go get help. Plus, you have the weather. Um, I think that, so this is where it leads into the nitpick. I think that this movie was, it says the thing at the start where it was like dedicated to or based on the true story sort of bullshit thing. This is like in your realm of fantasy points, so you should be the one nipping at this heel. But that was from last year. I'm so over it now. Regardless, dude, uh, it mentioned something about how this was based on a true story, right? I do not recall. It did. That, it did. Okay, cool. And you this can is, just tell me in that case. It did. Well, it did say something. I just don't remember how it worded it. But regardless of how it was worded, it doesn't. Like it's such a vague interpretation. It's like I I looked back at like what the actual origin of this was and it was like yeah some dancers in France in 1991 took some LSD or like got sp- their shit was spiked with LSD and they all went on a weird trip but it wasn't like this it was like people had a weird LSD trip right so i mean if they said inspired by true events i don't I can see that i don't believe it was that subtle like, man what if you were in there and you got stuck in there and you had a bad trip and you were like yeah. oh how would you deal i don't believe it was that subtle okay that's well, the final. Ni- that's the final nitpick, and that's where the looseness of my inability to take notes because I didn't think this was a movie that we had to review comes Great. in. Let's get. Let's get not out of here, but to ratings, Mark. Yep. Let's go to ratings. No, 
We over at AtoZHorror.com use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watched. Uh, for one, think of what happens when you take a penalty, according to Lemieux. And um, there's a penalty for that? Yeah. Uh, and for a trip also, you know, oh. like that, and mm -hmm. for hook like this, mm -hmm. and uh, for spear, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. All bad. Bad. You do that, you go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know. Mm -hmm. And for ten, think of how Alan would rate his best friends. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone can have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. Story is the first category that we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, this was my pick, so I'm going to give it a six and a half. Uh, my lovely wife actually gave this a seven. Oh, this you have is... her picks. Well, just done that one. Oh. Um, <laughs> Why? Well, when we watch movies, we talk about them together. Did you we, only like, get her story score? I have a nitpick I, with you. Uh, yeah. Well, I was struggling with how to rate this thing for story. I, ah. I do think that this was different by point. This is a hard point. one for me to rate on story. I've kind of talked up both sides of this argument. I think in general it's good because the characters themselves are well realized, and even though you're getting a relatively shallow snapshot of their interactions, what they those snapshots themselves portray a deeper character, which is, I think, yeah. why I'm erring on the side of better than average. The problem, the reason it's not higher is because you really don't get in, you don't get into the depth of these people. You just get, like, this frozen moment in time. Right? And, and so, th so that's what I'm going with. I gave it a six and a half. I gave it a five, and it's largely for the same reasons. Like, you have a, fro a frozen moment in time. You don't have a lot of effort that's taken to, like, build what these people have going on. They are just characters in a moment dealing with what they're dealing with. And I think that that's okay for the movie as a whole. But from a story category standpoint, I don't think that I can... I Well, it's not that I don't think. It's that I can't put it at an average or above rating. Yeah, I the story is a hard one. Uh, I I don't disagree. I see what you I see what you're saying now about needing some assistance on that. In that spirit, though, Mark, let's do let's let's play a little game with this. Okay. For each of the categories, not just story, what what do we think Jack would have given this movie? And then let's see how close it's going to be because I actually really want him to watch this movie. Uh, he would have given this one a three and been incredibly exasperated. Uh, when I gave it as high a score as I did. Okay, that sounds right. He'd be like, I'm noting this down. Yeah, let me get my notebook. <laughs> yeah, notepad. Uh, world building and immersion is the next category we're going to talk about. I gave this, I went high here, I gave this a seven and a half. This movie is incredibly intriguing and fun to watch, and if you put this on, basically no matter what context, I would be glued to the television. Hmm. Um, the only thing that I really had a quibble with here was that I kind of wish the action on screen was more geared toward the plot that was happening. It's it's fundamentally interesting and good to watch, but like to a certain extent, I can only go so high in immersion when the story is as shallow as it is. I know I just gave it a six and a half, but like that those two things are kind of the one's putting the ceiling on the other here. Because, you know, you're also aware of the fact that you're just watching a ten minute dance sequence. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, you are. And you're also yeah. aware of the fact that you're just watching two people talk. Like you're standing in front of them but not interacting. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree with absolutely all of that. I actually ended up giving it so mine. I agree with all that. Yet mine might kind of break that. I gave that. A, I gave this a seven 
And I think I mean, okay, you gave it half a point lower than me. Oh, I know, but I gave it a lower score for story. What I'm saying is that I agree with like the tethering that you just did, yet mine, if you were to like split that out, the delta would be higher or whatever. Uh yeah, here's it's Delta. The, delta. Let's just use words that we shouldn't be using considering how much beer we've drank. Um here's the deal. What this does from the perspective of its world, which is this contained school and what you have outside is pretty tremendous like i'll talk more about the technicality and i'm trying not to double jeopardize it that's why i'm talking about technicality of the sound later but i feel like that's also its own character as you start to develop what this movie brings to the table i don't um, believe there was a character named technicality just to clarify there might have been dude they, there, there could have been i'm not positive but i'm pretty sure <laughs> uh, I, I i think it was actually technique that, was that, a that might be true. Yeah. Anyways, continue with your point. Uh, regardless, you kind of broke my stride and it's all good. Uh, what I'm saying is that the the world that they build here is a contained one, and that is to the benefit of the film. So that's why it kind of splits it out a little differently for me. Okay. I got you. What do you think Jack would have given it? Like a three and a half. Because it has some like Danzy bullshit in it, and then it has all the credits that pulled him out. There would have yeah, there was one point. There's a hallway that I don't know where it is. They keep walking oh, this he hallway. Would have, he would have gone full. He would have gone full. It's like the nautical ship thing that I don't understand, and it's not the right size. <laughs> this ain't no goddamn school. Yeah, it's a bunker. It's clearly a bunker that they have repurposed clearly, as a school. Scare is the school. next category. I give this a three and a half. Two scary things piling up here, the bad trip, the general unravelingness of human psychology in a large group, and uh, the one that I think is going to resonate with me the most is the kid being trapped in the closet, and just like, really, it's not even the kid being trapped in there, it's the mother trying to get back to her kid after she threw the keys away for some reason. Like, just the mistakes you've made while inebriated or intoxicated in some way that you now have to, like, face the consequences of. Yeah, it's super heavy. That's a pretty deep, like, emotional, psychological fear center. Uh, it's adult fears, Mark. Sure. I mean, yeah. You know, you 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 have to care for a child, and then you bring them to this place you think is safe. You get dosed, and then shit happens. That's a that's pretty fucked up. Man. Totally, man. And I mean, even from the perspective, like what you do of your own accord. Like I, th- I cannot identify at all with a trip and what a bad trip might go like. But it's like, oh, do I? If I have a child, a child, which none of us do, but if I have this responsibility, should I have that beer? Like I don't know. Should like, I have what, that fruit punch? What? What? Ca- yeah. What could go wrong? Exactly. Is, is, yeah. Ugh. Yuck. So that, but also not traditional horror fare. It's not like a scare a minute roller yeah, coasters. And There's tension here, but it's pretty slow building and never really, never really like releases. Like it, there's never that moment where like there's the catharsis. It just sort of ends. So that's keeping uh, it pretty low. Jake, uh, what's yours? What did you give it again? Tell me. Th- three and a half. Okay, I gave it a two. Um, okay. I, I, it's largely for the same reasons. I agree with you. It doesn't have like that traditional release because it's not a traditional movie. The first half of this film is just kind of like cool dance sequences and people talking about banging. Like you don't have anything there. It's basically just like kind of a young. Basically, ad- my Monday night, right? It's like yeah. a young adult art comedy for the first half, and then there's the a little turn. Bit, yeah. And then there's the turn, right? And what you have from there is very dark. And I th- I think that it 
it's kind of like if a roller coaster only consisted of the 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 chain lift and then a singular drop that wasn't super steep. I don't know. This is a stupid analogy. Regardless, I'm not confused. That, not me too. Not that scary yeah. a movie. What would Jack have given it? He would have given this an eight. I'm sure he would have. That's the he would have given this like a one, dude. This is where he would have started to he he'd be lashing out at this point. He would have been building himself up to lash out and give this a one. You think he gave it a one? Oh, I do. you know what? He probably gave this a zero. He gave it a zero. He wouldn't. He's not going to give another zero. He saves that for special <laughs> movies. Special movies. Fine. He gave it a one. Like from dusk till dawn. I I am very. He has to watch this. I cannot wait to hear what he thinks. We have uh, to have a special rocking horror world segment where he tells us what his ratings were, and I hear all about the French. He was. Of he, this no. is not an excused absence. Let's just pull the kimono open a little bit on this one. Oh, this, this is, is this is a, this is him. This is him calling an audible about twenty three hours ago, saying he couldn't record tonight. So he's still on the hook to watch this movie. Totally. This isn't him going on vacation or something like that, where we knew in advance could plan around it. This is us scrambling to to fill the void. This is not next week with you and Freddie V. Jason. Exactly. Yeah. Um, a little sneak preview as to what we're watching oh, next week. Now that there's five minutes left in the podcast, Mark, what's the next category? Uh, the next category is effects or judicious lack thereof, and this is an interesting one. Uh, it's this is a highly visual movie. I was talking myself out of going higher. I give this an eight. This movie's like really beautiful. Gaspar No knows how to shoot things. They don't do a lot of actual like crazy practical effects, but from a like lighting and set and costume standpoint, they do a really, really great job. They use a lot of creative use of darkness. We talked about the weird double-jointed guy dancing in the background and how he's constantly silhouetted, almost appearing as a monster in the background of these scenes where people are starting to psychologically unravel. We have the... we. This is sort of entwined with world building, but the way that they do all the set dressings and build the world is is very much prop oriented where you get this sense of place and understand where they are as a result of the different bedrooms and bathrooms and the personal effects that are scattered throughout the scenes um it's it's a minimal use of effects but the effects they use are great and i actually think that there's something to be said about using I'm going to try and be very careful about the way I said this, but using the guy who's double jointed and the dancers as a whole, as a prop, if you can treat your characters, if you can create your characters in the background, set them as something eerie in the background when they're not the focus of the scene, that is essentially a prop, right? And they're doing that intentionally to disturb the viewer or at least underpin the emotional, like, fragility of the scene yeah no i i agree i hear what you're saying okay so i gave it an eight cool i gave it a seven i we're okay. not that far we're not that far off here i gave it about as high as i could given the fact that this is a movie that is largely bereft of what your typical fare would be from an effects standpoint gets a big 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 technical boost because i thought this was like a fucking master class in both cinematography and from just an audio standpoint it was fantastic oh yeah i didn't even mention the audio standpoint. it was good. unreal sound how mixing good. very important it, it was unreal how good it was um but outside of that like this is not your typical effects laden film by right. any stretch right. like i'm trying to think of what the most crazy effect would have been and it would probably be the woman whose head was set on fire and then you see like a fraction you of see her, like her- 
yeah, don't you see her film. like burn scalp later? Yeah, at, like the very end of the film when they're going over the that, damage yeah. and she's like throwing water on it. But like yeah. that's a tiny little thing that doesn't even matter. That's like a fucking nit on the ass of this film. It doesn't matter. A so, nit on the ass. Well, I got to tell you, Jack would have panicked after going on his missive for the scare um, and then just giving it exactly the average between the two of us. He gave it a seven and a half. That seems fine. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> Uh, overall is the final category. I gave it a seven and a half. This is a strange movie. I constantly talk about It is a strange movie, you're right. It's very strange. I constantly talk about this category as an indicator of how likely I am to recommend this movie to people. Ooh. And in that way, this is probably a little high because by number, I'm not going to recommend this movie to all that many people. However... The people who I do oh, recommend this movie shit. to, I am going to be very enthusiastic about recommending it. I am very excited for a few minutes from now because we we might have hit something. We might have struck a weird chord here. Okay. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. I gave uh, it a seven either, and a half. Mark. Me either. Me either. Okay. You do your thing now. I this gave is it a six, where you talk. Yeah, I gave it a six and a half. I, okay. I, I am. It's very. That might be a bit of a tilt down, actually, for me. I'm not sure. Whatever. Numbers are numbers. Regardless, this movie is not traditional horror fair. We talked about that, and I think that it does a lot of things right. I can totally understand now why, like, the inner workings of my brain were interested in seeing what this was after seeing Enter the Void that I didn't love that much, but it stays in my memory. Like, the the further I get from Enter the Void, the more I feel like it's just the kindred spirit, not just because of the drugs, but the kindred spirit of uh, Requiem not for a Dream. Not just because of the drugs, the kindred spirit, Jake yeah. says. I want that on the record. The kindred spirit of Requiem for a Dream. Um, it, it made me feel a, in a certain way like I needed to see what this dude would do when something is branded as a horror film. That was hype enough. Like, if, if a non-horror film by him or a horror-adjacent film by him can make me feel a certain way, then what is a horror film going to make me feel like? And while I think this is a horror film is a bit of a stretch or he's, like, doing a lot of things that are still horror-adjacent within his horror film... Uh, this is a really interesting one to add to the category, and I'm not at all opposed to to that label on it after having seen it. So, cool little flick. Okay, let's just jump to recommend, don't recommend. I give it a thumbs up. What would Jack have given it overall? Come on. Oh, 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 my bad. Uh, he would have given it exactly average for him, which is a five somehow. That kid's bad at math. Hmm. Okay, so you've already jumped the gun here, and you said you gave it a thumbs up, so you didn't hit what I was hoping for. I was hoping we would have had last week where you gave something a one and then gave it a recommend and you gave something a pretty high score here and <laughs> could not recommend it because this <laughs> is the movie the thumbs down. that with your picks, like your picks could have been so good that you were like, dude, I picked a movie that is like the worst possible movie, but it's recommendable for a re- weird reason. And I picked a movie that's really good, but it's totally not recommendable to very many people. So that's funny. I, so I think the, I think you kind of did that though. I think the, I think the like, Better than average, but still thumbs down type movies for me are going to be things like uh, Alan Terrier. And how would Jack say well, it? Uh, Alan I'll, Terrier. I'll out. Yeah. Uh, or High Tension or me, Hostel on. or whatever. I, 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 I want mean, you to I want you to pause and tell me why it was Alan Terrier. Give me that one because I actually I think there are some similarities here in terms of how there's like a half that's kind of like adulty comedy weirdness and then a half that's more horror-y. I'm really quick gonna look up what I gave that movie. You didn't. We didn't review it. 
I gave it a three and a half. Whoa, what? <laughs> I love that you don't remember the movies that we rated. Oh, you're so ta- I guess I no, wouldn't no, no, have no. given I'm, it. I'm sorry, dude. No, 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 no. I have to, I have to def- not defend myself, but write my own name for a second. I thought we were talking about the interior, not Al Interiel. Oh, the interior being that Canadian one. It was like kind of the comedy, and the guy goes camping. We've talked about it a lot recently in chats. Remember this? Yeah. No, I'm aware. We talked about it like not two weeks ago. Do you understand why now I'm I, I went to that one? And not, I understand and, that, but it not, still makes you a dummy. Oh, and not the the French uh, very gory uh, home invasion movie. Yeah, got it, got it, got it, got it. So I mean, I guess I wouldn't have recommended that one anyway because I gave it a three and a half, but. You're right. This is probably this is pretty close. But I still think like there's an inkling in Honestly, if my mom wanted a horror movie recommendation, you would- she wouldn't hate this movie because it's still so fucking interesting to watch. Like she'd love the dance sequences. But dude, it is such a unique thing. Like you have so many bear This movie, okay. This movie It's very has- weird. Fine. I can uh, maybe I'll give it, it's like it's like a 45 degree angle upward. Well, and that's kind of like I am still giving it a thumbs up, but it is a thumbs up in terms of like you guys, like whoever you are, you got to just let you got to let it rip. Just go with it. You got to let her rip. Just drink a few drinks. Watch the movie. Let it happen. You're going to be flabbergasted by something. Something this movie will be ridiculous to you and you will find value in that. I guarantee it. That's why it's a thumbs up for me because I think this is a movie that should be watched, but it's a really hard recommend to make on the surface and in the traditional sense. So it's a this might be the longest we've ever spent talking about whether or not we gave a movie a simple thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah, I don't know. You know, can we can we, we can now spend longer? What would Jack give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I'm done with that bit. We can yeah. we can just get out of here. Episode yes, 151 of the A to Z Horrorcast just happened. Just check out everything we have going on. Head on over to a to z horror.com or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. That is Facebook. That is Twitter. And those links are right down there in the description below. As Mark mentioned at the top of the episode, because there is no Jack this week. Hey, if you like this and you're still here hanging out with us, we have a Patreon. You might be interested in that sort of extra content because, like I said, you're an hour and a half plus in at this point. You're still here. If that's not what you're into and you just like the content, don't worry because we're going to keep making it for you. And anything that comes to us through Patreon is only going to go to make the show better. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. And next week, we're going to be missing Mark, so we're going to have another two-man episode. We apologize for that in advance. Mark's going to be off doing poor things, I assume, on a vacation in Europe, which he will have a full report on your desk in the morning. Oh, thank you, thank you. And uh, Jack and I are going to check out a pick that is one of his, not mine. It is a mashup of sorts. It. I already alluded to it. I don't know why I'm being coy. It's Freddy versus Jason, and that's coming at you next week, one week from today when you hear this. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week. Jack's the, Jack's the cool one. You're the one who's like really stuck up and in the mud, you know what I mean?